0: I know, Brown. hey. It's Everybody underestimates the kick in the groin. That's fucking illegal. Bro, you're not even famous yet. I'm not surprised, motherfuckers. But we're on the rise Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut
1: the f*** up. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Jack and Mel Super Add MMA Show. It's awesome to be back. I'm here as always with my friend and brother,
0: Mel Brown. How you keeping, big Mel? I'm doing good, and uh, we're essentially just back from uh, Brazil Jiu-Jitsu and I'm pretty darn sore.
1: Yeah, big up to, as always, big up to Mike Summers, our, our coach at RMNU. Um, we have some MMA training later on this week, and possibly even sparring, which is uh, spicy. Uh, well, ho- well, hopefully spicy. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, no, I am the same. It's actually... Um, or to those who don't know, we're, we're part of uh, Robson Murray's lineage currently um, through RMNU uh, in our local town of Hollywood, and uh, kudos to Mike, who's just left his job to go full-time to follow his dream and, and coach Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, so we were privileged today to, to be at the uh, lunchtime class and a noogie. We had a wee bit of a roll-around, which was fun, doing
0: some Plata work, which... We're both large fellows. Um, yeah, I am not built for, for an plate game. I'm not built for a guard game.
1: No, no, you're not. You're not, no. You're built like a, like the bear that Khabib wrestled, so uh, yeah. you're more of a top pr- pressure passing That's the nice way to say it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah putting put, put the pressure on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but no, other than that, all good. Nothing you, else strange.
0: No, not that I can... I think I'm reasonably... Quiet week of MMA, no major events last weekend, so. nope. Um, which actually was we had a scheduling conflict last week, which led
1: to us not being able to podcast. Um, but it was actually not too bad because there wasn't really a great deal for us Would to have talk been a about whole anyway, a whole lot of nothing. To the, by the way, quick shout out to those who haven't seen it yet. Uh, Fight Nation is on Netflix, um, which is Frank Grillo, the actor, uh, and, it's, and it's an incredible documentary series I've been really enjoying. Have you seen it yet? It's in my list. So you haven't watched, it, haven't watched it yet? I haven't watched yet. I've seen right. the trailer. trailer looks good. It's really good. It's shot really well. Um, there's a lot of interesting fight content. Um, a lot of just martial arts like the, the one that surprised me is left way, which is a bit like Muay Thai but with headbutts. I um, want a good headbutt. Headbutts should be legal. Uh, absolutely. It's an effective technique. Um, it, it, they should be legal, um, but there's no point going off on a rogan esque tangent about that. Yeah. He kind of has the headbutting covered, but a yeah, quick shout-out to anyone watching. You're obviously fi- or listening, I should say. you obviously Fight fans, so I uh, can't recommend fight, fight World. Sorry, can't recommend it enough. So quick shout-out as well to our good friend, Mr. Jamie Morton. You can follow him at InkFloyd13. Uh, he is not only one of the most talented tattoo artists I've ever met, uh, but just an incredibly all-round good dude. So, he yeah. looks like a wizard from space. He does look a bit like a wizard from space. Do you know what? I, I think I always describe him as like a white prince. No, not, yeah. not Prince as in Royalty Prince, as in Prince Purple the symbol. Yeah. yeah, the symbol. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see that now. Yeah, right? He's yeah. basically a white prince. Um, a decadent dresser. He. Oh, that's one way to put it. Uh, flamboyant uh, would be mm. a, a less polite way. Mm. Um, but sorry, he's my best mate, so I'm allowed to say these things. Um, we have quite a bit to talk about this week, so let's just get straight into it with a big piece of meeting news. Mr. McGregor. Who? Conor McGregor has been, uh, let's just say, at it again. Uh, he wrote a big post on uh, Instagram, uh, and I am going to read it in its entirety. So, uh, take a deep breath. Here we go. <gasps> Thoughts on my last fight, round one. I believe, from a sports standpoint, round one was his top position against the fence. Zero position advancement or damage inflicted, but top position. From a fight standpoint, first round is mine, actual shots landed and a willingness to engage, straight left early, knee to the head on the low shot, elbows in any and all tie up scenarios, opponent just holding the legs against the fence for most of the entire round. Round 2, he is running away around the cage before being blessed with a right hand that changed the course of the round and the fight, it was a nice shot. After the shot, I bounced back up to engage instantly, but again, he dipped under to disengage. That is the sport, and it was a smart move that led to a dominant round, so no issue. Well played. If I stay switched on, give his stand-up even a little more respect, the right hand never even gets close, and we're talking completely different now. I give his upright fighting no respect in preparation, no specific stand-up spars whatsoever. Attacking, Attacking grapplers and wrestlers only, that won't happen again. I also gave my attacking grappling no respect, to too defense minded. Um sorry, his grammar's not great. Lessons. Listen to nobody but yourself on your skill set. You're the master of your own universe. I'm the master of this. I must take my own advice. Round 3, after the worst fighting of my career, uh, I come back and win this round. Uh, after the worst round of fighting, sorry. Again, walking forward, walking him down and willing to engage. Round 4, my recovery was not where it could have been here. That is my fault, although winning the early exchanges in four, he dips under again and I end up in a bad position with over three on the clock. I work to regain position and end up upright with my back to the fence, a stable position. Here, however, I made a critical error of abandoning my overhook at this crucial time, exposing the back, and I end up being beaten fair and square. What can I say? It was a great fight, and it was my pleasure. I will be back with my confidence high, fully prepared. If it is not the rematch right away, no problem. I will face the next in line." It is me, or it is all me, always, anyway. See you soon, my fighting fans, and I love you all. Yeah,
0: lots to unpack there. Yes. Uh, Sounds like maybe a bit too much of Nate Diaz has rubbed off on Conor McGregor's psyche. Because yeah, I don't like this nonsense that I lost the sport, but I didn't lose the fight. Yeah, well, I mean, the sport is the fight.
1: Um, I, I agree. I agree. There's a lot of kind of contradiction in this. That's the bit that that strikes me. You know, See, it's we, kind of
0: we were talking about this earlier before we started recording and both of us think that one, he can't believe this. No. no, This is PR because if he believes this we're bordering on delusion. Well, what I said
1: earlier and I and I stand by it now is he's saying all the right things to, to the fans. Oh yeah, to um, market a rematch. To market a rematch. But, uh, you know, to, to think that he... If he genuinely does believe that, you know, that is worrying. Like, for example, um, being blessed with a right hand that changed the course of the round so and we got, the fight. So and, we got lucky with that yeah, right and hand. and then he said it was a nice shot. You're like going, well, how was it a nice shot if he was blessed by it? Yeah, he just, he got battered. He did, he got battered. But,
0: uh, you know, this is Connor being Connor, isn't it? Yeah, well, there's just, there's lots of nonsense. This, this seems nearly penned to the fanboys to get them all... Dripping wet with excitement for a potential rematch. Um, just lots of, lots of nonsense. I didn't spot. I didn't do any stand up sparring the entire camp. I died dead on. Sure you didn't. Um, lots of stupid stuff like, he dipped under to disengage, also known to you as me, you and me. Sorry, as just getting taken down and held down. Yeah, and, and that's what we kind
1: of expected from that fight. Um, I just want to take a quick minute. Um, the last podcast we had with uh, the lovely and wonderful Mr. Andy Burrows was the biggest podcast we've ever had. And uh, like we, we just want to take a minute to, to thank you again for anyone that's that's checked us out in any way. We really hope you enjoyed it. We're always open to... New ideas, new suggestions, uh, new sections, new new anything. But the, the biggest thing that anyone can do to help us out, and it helps us out massively, is to leave a review on iTunes. It helps us get ranked and hopefully uh, to bring New Year's to the podcast. We do have some large pieces of news coming your way about... Uh, Some merchandise hopefully over the next couple of weeks Uh, We will stay uh, Keep you posted on that so stay tuned Um, But yeah just uh, a minute again Just to remind you that if if you have a friend That likes MMA or a friend that listens To any other MMA content Please do send them our way because we we, We're putting a lot of work into this Um, And it it means a lot To have your support so thanks again Um, Connor This is just what he does he didn't really have A choice but to address it in this way he had to you know he's covered his bases because he, he, the, the rumor was that uh the ufc was not interested in giving him the rematch right and if that's the case oh they are oh no they are but they're saying that they that it wasn't happening dollar um, bills will rain from the sky yeah i i agree um but in the meantime we have to go off what we got and i think that uh He's covered all his bases and that he's built the, the path for a rematch because he's building the case that, you know, things would be different a second time round. Oh, but he's bit, leaving it, it open.
0: Yeah, it's like I just said, it's the nonsense like, I didn't do any stand-up sparring. I didn't do any offensive ground training. Come on. Like, yeah, if you're John Kavanaugh, you mightn't be too happy. Maybe don't, not. No. Don't listen to anybody but yourself. Be your own head coach. To be
1: fair, Take though. Take your own advice. To be fair, devil's advocate. Maybe he didn't. What? Do much stand up sparring.
0: Well.
1: It would be dumb, but like maybe he didn't because to be fair, like he he did say, you know, I didn't pay any uh, real respect to Khabib's stand up game.
0: <sighs> I can almost believe that. Well, if if that is the case, then that's just negligence. It is, but it also explains why.
1: <sighs> I think everyone can agree that, that like whether or not he got marked or not, he didn't look himself on the
0: feet. No, that could be because I, he was tentative. I think he did. I just think Habib's stand-up is underrated. I think there's a like myth that you know he's just. He, I mean, well, it's not a myth. He, he will just take you down and grind you. Out. But when he's been on the feet, he's looked reasonably good. Like Connor didn't really give him any issues on the feet, and Habib was getting the better of it. He had a nice job. He landed the, obviously the big overhand right. He landed a few nice hooks. Um, when he fought uh, Alia Quinta. The job was working really well for him. Yep. I think he's a better stand-up fighter than people give him credit for.
1: Oh, I, I, I would agree with that completely. Uh, I just also think that
0: I think Connor looked like he did, and how he has in every other fight. I just don't think it worked. I he did, he did nothing different.
1: Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree with that, but I think that
0: it's... broad stance came forward. You know, range uh, the right hand out. Uh, Southpaw's name. Right yep. hand out for the range. Um firing the teep kick into the body, yeah. you know, he did all his usual mannerisms. I,
1: I agree. I just think that it, it would be silly to to think that, you know, if he, and this is, this is only going off the idea he's not sparring. Um, I think it would be silly to think that, you know, his timing was still there. You know, ring rust is a thing. And and uh, what what I'm saying is, I'm, uh, you know, if we were to believe any of the posts, the bit that I would be inclined to believe is that he probably didn't do as much sparring for stand up as he thought, because I, I think that they did, write him off because i think that and it's actually almost my takeaway from the fight. Uh i said this in the podcast which is you know when we talk about matchups and we talk about trying to predict who's going to win or or what have you it's very easy to look at person's striking and go oh striker a is better than striker b but what we always forget or or and i don't mean we as in you and i i just mean people in general we always forget the factor in the impact psychologically that the fear of the takedown has
0: well that was and it was it was a, it was a left-hand knee, tapped the overhand right, and Connor dropped his hands to defend a takedown and got cracked. And that is as much, like, it's nearly when you say, you know, striking in MMA, it's not just standing at range and throwing mm-hmm. strikes. It's everything. It's the feints. It's the threat of the takedown, like you just said. It's all that combined, which yep. makes an ultimately effective striker, rather than, you know, hence why uh, Gokhan Saki, isn't absolutely murking everybody in the UFC. It's, it's just different. It is just different. If it's just pure striking, and I I have no doubt about it, if it was a boxing match or a kickboxing match, I think Conor comfortably beats Habib. Oh, but yeah, yeah, handily. It's just mixing it all together, and I just think Habib is the better rounded martial artist. I completely agree. Um, it would be interesting to see what's next for Conor. But, uh, One thing I did like about that is that he said he would fight whoever's next in line. Good. Because I really, really don't want to see the title fight taken away from Tony.
1: No, Tony does deserve it. um, And Tony is the one person that I believe could beat Habib. Not saying he will. Mm. I'm saying I I can make a pretty strong case for it. He's uh, a good chin. Um, He does get get rocked, but he has a good chin. he He doesn't get tired. He's a tenth planet Brazilian jiu jitsu black belt and no gi. He's unconventional off his back, spindly off his back, brutal off his back when it comes to his strikes. You know, Habib may, might not be able to to sit. You know, with his head under his chin. You know, well,
0: something uh, Mike, our coach, was actually saying earlier because we were talking about uh, how Tony would fare against Habib, and he was saying, you know, like even if you're the best part of your game was off your back, you wouldn't want to take that approach with Habib because his top game is the, you wouldn't want to go into the best part of his game either. You don't want to give him that advantage. Um, It's, it's a super compelling fight. I would favor Habib. I just think he beats them all. I think the real anomaly at lightweight is, uh, we said this before, Kevin Lee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, well, he's an excellent wrestler, great submission fighter and, ever-improving stand-up, I think, if anybody, in my opinion, is going to give Habib fits, it's probably Kevin Lee. Maybe not now, maybe a, a year, year or two. Yeah. Well, I mean, Kevin Lee, first of all, is big.
1: He's big for that weight class. It's a tough cut. Um, I think he'll be one of the first ones to jump ship to 165, should the UFC do it. Second of all, uh, Quinta Kevin Lee, confirmed, uh, confirmed for Milwaukee. I h- actually quite heavily favor Iaquinta in this.
0: Uh, I favor, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> I favor Lee. I just think he's a phenomenal fighter. But Quinta if anything, the Connor Habib fight should show you just what of an, how much of an animal Ayacuinta is for for staying Especially in there. Especially considering that he had no prep. Yeah, to what tw- twenty four hours notice or something ridiculous. Well, he
1: was prepping for was it Felder?
0: I thought it was Chies- Chies- uh, no, Chies- no, no, you're, yeah. right, you're
1: right. It was Kiesa. Yeah. Well,
0: it was somebody anyway. Um, yeah, that's a great fight.
1: It is. Um, Randy Couture has come out and had his say on the uh, Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz fight. Uh, He's not as concerned Mm. about, yeah, I know, um, not as concerned about Chuck's age, more concerned about his lack of um, sparring, competing, and that's kind of what we've said from day one is, you know, Tito, well, Chiel tapped Tito, and then Tito denied it, and then... (laughs) Uh, you know, he did get the tap from Chio, but uh, he, you Altino know, has been
0: over the last
1: five years. Five years
0: with his Bellator run has been fairly accurate. I think his last fight must have been. It wasn't this year. It must have been it was last Chiel, year,
1: wasn't it? It was his last fight.
0: Uh, was Chio his last fight? As I believe he was. Yeah, it was. And that was January 2017. So we're coming up to... A year and a half ago. A bit more. You know, well, we'll round it up. We'll say two years since he last fought. Chuck Liddell hasn't fought since Rich Franklin sent him to the land of wind and shadows in 20... for oh goodness, when was that? 2010 or something? Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's that's a pretty substantial...
0: That's, yeah, not, you know, that's a 48-year-old man who probably hasn't sparred in eight years. Um, I Which, it, on the upside, should have helped his chin. Good Lord. Silver linings. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I, Yeah, so I can't remember who shared it. It must have been Chuck, or but it was getting shared about the picture of him looking in... Good, decent shape. Great shape. And, oh, well, that's got, what, TRT and... Yeah, he's got that look back in his eyes, and it's like, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah, he can get his body fat down as a 48-year-old man and look athletic. It doesn't change... The facts um
1: I really i like, I, I will watch this fight, yes, yeah, so will I, and I want Chuck to win so badly, but I like as much as I want that, I just can't build a case for it i I think he he's physically just not going to be what he was and and you combine that with the years of inactivity, you know, regardless of whether or not he's been training or not, you know, the years of actual competitive inactivity i I think it's just going to be too much to. To come back from. Um, and, you know, it's not like this is a guy who's got this one-punch KO power that's still going to be there. You know, don't get me wrong, he... he oh, he probably he, cracks he, hard he, still. He cracks hard, but, like, he was never this, you know, he wasn't He wasn't going about one-punching people, you know. It was... He, he almost had that Diaz Well, his game, his game, his
0: striking game was on timing. Yes. More than anything, you know, he was, like, the definition... Of the Kyrie. best example of sprawl and brawl. Yeah. Great defensive wrestling... Great brawler on the feet, but that ex- the, you know, the ability to have explosive movement and time that well, you know that that doesn't tend to get better the closer to fifty you are.
1: No, and that therein lies my worry. I mean, good good on Randy for for actually addressing it, uh, especially considering you know he's he's fought both of them.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Um. Speaking of which, would you watch Randy Ortiz again?
0: No. Just no, no interest.
1: I do have interest because Tito Ortiz, as much as I loved him years ago. Is Randy not com- ago,
0: comfortably in his 50s now?
1: Randy's 55.
0: Yeah, no thanks. <laughs> and Randy's been retired since, what, 2010 as well? Yeah. 2011? Yeah.
1: No. Nah. I'd watch it. Not saying I'd, I'd be thrilled to see it being announced, just saying I'd absolutely watch it because I'd love to see no, Tito oh no, get I've his bottom spanked again.
0: I don't think you would. I think Tito's the youngest, biggest, strongest, f- most physically active of of those the of those three legends. Yeah. Um and father time is is very cruel.
1: Yeah, true that is true. Um the next piece of news we have is Brian Ortega. Uh he has announced that he's fighting for the belt with or without Holloway. So the general consensus is Holloway misses weight. That there will be someone stepping in. Now you and I were talking about this uh, when we were preparing for this podcast, and I put forward, and you kind of agreed, uh, Mo- Moicano mm-hmm. as the the person that would be most deserving. Another one you mentioned, which I would agree with, is Chad Mendes. Yep. However, a juicy piece of news has been announced just as we were preparing, which is uh, Bektic and Moicano has been moved. We were going to just be talking about the fact that fight was announced.
0: I don't know if it's been moved, but okay. I think it is just booked and announced for 231, so... It is him. on that card. It makes sense that if Holloway doesn't make weight or for whatever Moicano's reason doesn't guy. make the fight, yeah, Moicano's the guy to move. On. I mean, theoretically you could move back to up, but I Moicano's ahead of him in the pecking order. It's funny because I could see
1: Moicano beating Ortega. Oh jeez. Yeah. But I can also see Holloway beating Ortega. I think Holloway will beat Ortega.
0: Yeah, if I think a, I think it's I think it's a super competitive fight and it's yeah, it's how much the the weight cut and the health issues and just—he sounds like he's had a pretty shitty year as old Max Holloway. How much that has taken at all? Blessed I, is depressed. It mm. uh, made me really
1: touched to see him talking about that publicly. Um, it's just another reason that Holloway's a baller because, you know, the, the UFC champs don't tend to.
0: Yeah, what's he got to be depressed about? Well, it's would not be that. the general consensus. Well,
1: no, yeah, that would be. Well, that would be the the ignoramus's view, but more. Uh, more, more just the idea that you know someone in that you know in such a male-dominated bravado-ish sport, you know that that someone would come out and especially a UFC champ and and talk about something like that very openly. Um, I know that that we don't want to mention names, but Mel, Mel, and I recently have been touched by someone who who uh, who actually went missing and and it was due to mental health issues and and I think that any time that we can bring, uh attention to it, not not we you and I, just we as a, as a society can bring attention to it, especially when it's people that as you say, you know, what's he got depressed about? You know, yeah. I think I, I think that, that adds to the uh the clout. Um so so good on him for talking about it and, and I, I hope he feels better now. Um and yeah, I, I'm I can't wait to see him back. He's he's one of my favourite fighters. Um
0: I can't wait. I think win or lose this is his time up at one forty-five. I just think he's too big now. Um, would love to see him at lightweight. Well, the UFC told
1: him that he was going to be there thereabouts when he moves to one fifty-five. So even if he misses weight, he's going to be right in the mix at one fifty-five.
0: Could he be the best? Nah, I can't.
1: Nah, he's he could well be the best forty-five. If he wins this, he could be the best forty-five that there's been. Yeah.
0: Mm, yeah. There is. You know, him and Aldo. Yeah, and Connor.
1: And Aldo is a weird one because it's a bit like what you highlighted about Chuck Liddell. It's almost like... well, Actually, we might have been talking about this off-air, which is, you know, if you could hypothetically put a prime Chuck in now, Mm you would probably get cleaned. Yeah. You know, it's like the evolution of the sport, and Aldo, to me, was that. Oh, no. No,
0: no, 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 no.
1: I I still believe that. You, You
0: give me Aldo from four or five years ago, and Aldo still cleans up most.
1: Well, I mean, he, he, well, yeah, I get Well, okay, fair enough. I I, I just think I that, think, like, well, Aldo's... I mean, Holloway beat him twice. Aldo,
0: yeah. McGregor like, beat him. I, but that's what I was about to say. Aldo's stock took a hit because most people only really came to know of him. True, with McGregor. True, but the dude was twenty five and one before that, and beat all comers. The no, no, super no, no, mega no, 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 elite. That,
1: that's what I'm saying. No, no, that's what I'm saying. Though is that I, I wasn't talking about like transplanting old Aldo in. I was talking about that concept of. A change in the sport, you know. And what oh, I mean is that a change of the guard. Like, yes, but that's what I'm saying is that I think that Aldo is at the tail end of his now. Like you know, I, I like he'll still have excellent wins, I think, coming up. But I, I think his I would like title to see, done.
0: I would like to see Aldo at 55 as so well. So would
1: I. I think that he could potentially do. He's what another RDA guy. Did yeah, he's
0: another guy who's you know the cut the 45 is it's obviously. A big one. Yeah, it's been a big one. And, you know, he's talked about it for a long time. And he's always sort of been mentioned as going to 55. He it, never does. No. But now could be the time. But it, it could be. Then again, say Ortega whoops Holloway, hypothetically. What's stopping Aldo from getting back in the title mix? Just absolutely battered Jeremy Stevens, who's a top five, six, you know, featherweight.
1: Nothing. Nothing stopping it, but I just think that the same thing happens to
0: Against Ortega,
1: yeah, I think I think Ortega takes his neck. Um,
0: uh, uh, I I don't know, I I don't know. Like Aldo is super underrated oh, on the ground. Uh, oh, like,
1: his defensive, his defensive grappling is is arguably the best of all time.
0: His defensive wrestling right, yeah, well, certainly, yeah. yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just
1: have a feeling. It's not, like, I'd I'd really... I I would,
0: obviously, I think Ortega would be the favourite against him, but, what I'm saying, but my point is that, you know...
1: Ortega's the only man to finish Edgar.
0: Oh, yeah, but my point is that Aldo's, you know, it's it's easy to say, oh, he's kind of done when, you know, yes, he lost back-to-back to to Holloway, which, uh, you know, Holloway is the man, but if Holloway suddenly disappears from that division, then there's nothing stopping Aldo from getting right back into the top. It's the same as when... uh, he lost to Connor, yeah, and then Connor moved up. You know, Aldo's next fight was Frankie Edgar for yep. the belt. Yeah, you know he's he, Aldo's one of those funny fighters in that like his reputation is so good, his record is so good that he is always
1: there. There, yeah,
0: as, you know, like the guys he's lost to is Connor and Max. You know, that's it. It's different. You know, if if Jeremy Stevens had to beat him, I would have went, mm, okay. Probably. Probably
1: on the decline. Time as an least. elite
0: fighter is is defi- definitely gone. Well, I think he is on the decline in general. You know, he's yeah. on the wrong side of thirty. That, that's but,
1: kind of what I meant.
0: But yeah, you know, but beating Jeremy Stevens in one round is nothing to be sniffed at. So he's no. still... And know, he smashed him too. Oh yeah, he's still right up there. Um, ben
1: Askren uh, is 98% certain. That's very specific, but I'll take it. That he's going to fight where... The UFC, indeed, um, great news. I think for every MMA fan, uh, but more on that later. Uh, Chiel has come out and said that he ranks Fedor as the greatest heavyweight. Now we had a poll on our Facebook page about this, on our Twitter, on our Twitter, was it? Sorry, yeah, um, yeah. about this, and with some interesting responses. Uh, I personally find it difficult not to say Fedor after if if he if he wins the heavyweight grand prix i think it cements him for sure Um, he is in the conversation for me uh as someone that wasn't like i wasn't as invested in pride as i wish i had been in hindsight uh i came to it all a bit later mm. and and only caught bits and pieces of pride and um i think that there is a nostalgia thing with fedor too um so for me, I find it hard to look past Stipe, um, purely just because he was the first person to do what he did with the, the multiple title defences, but I absolutely, that is not to dismiss the argument. I also have said before that I'm, it's not Fedor's record as such that I'm weary of, it's Pride's uh, input in that. That I was, uh, that I'm sort of more weary of. Uh, I know that you p- you probably would side with Chael on this. Would that be right?
0: Yeah, I, I, there's there's a handful of fighters I think are in the discussion for for the greatest heavyweight of all time. Obviously, Fedor. We'll get to him in a second. Big Steve, nog. St- yep, big nog. Uh, I don't think he, I don't think he's up there as being one of the best heavyweight fighters of all time. I don't think you can consider. Big Nog the greatest because, I mean, Fedor beat him several times. um, And they certainly the tail end of his record is... Well, the tail end of most people's records gets pretty bad, but Fedor and Big Nog were both in pride at their absolute primes. Those were considered the two best heavyweights walking the earth at the time. And Fedor beat them, or beat him... Twice. Twice, and I think they had a new contest as well. Um, So to me, that's Fedor above Big Nog. That's Big Nog knocked out of the conversation. Um. Then you've got Stipe, who, like you said, three UFC title defences. Can't argue with the also, stats.
1: Also, especially whenever you factor in, just, you know, I think any, anyone listening that, that disagrees that the sport has evolved and that it is much more difficult to be consistent now than it's ever been. You know, the, the standard of the sport has raised... Exponentially every year, um, but massively in comparison to. Well,
0: that's the odd thing about greatest of all time conversations because,
1: it's all relative.
0: Yeah, you know, if you took a prime Stepe, so Stepe of Nice, Stepe of a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and transplanted him into mid late two thousands Pride, does that uh, does that fighter Stepe beat? Fedor at the time is his skill sets more well rounded, probably. Mm,
1: that's a tough one. Probably because as the probably. game
0: as the game evolves, the current best changes should which should theoretically be the, be the best, best of all yeah. time.
1: No, you're right, and that that's kind of that is ultimately what makes this conversation so fascinating. Um,
0: but to me, I you know
1: so so hard to look past DC. No? Well, that's what I'm
0: saying. DC at heavyweight, I think probably could have been locked on. If he hadn't if of, he just stayed if he stayed, but he only went down because of another man we consider in the conversation velasquez. Cain velasquez um the question with him is it would be if he hadn't been injured it's one of the biggest letdowns in MMA that we haven't been able to see more of Kane the guys fought twice in five years, and even that the, the fight he had with Verdun, was you know pretty much of a a shell of himself, because... He just couldn't stay healthy. He can't... He can't... Uh, apparently, he's... Uh,
1: healthy now. Fit and
0: healthy for a return, so hopefully we see him back,
1: but... Yeah, rumour was that he may potentially be looking at 205. Um, I don't know whether or not that's still on the mm. cards, but, I mean, he'd be a big boy for 205. You're uh, damn right I would watch him try and avenge DC against Jones, though.
0: Yeah, two five. Oh, I, absolutely. I don't think he could make it. Mm.
1: Not sure. I mean, he's only, what, 235?
0: 240 in around the there.
1: He was always carrying a bit. Though. He was
0: always carrying a bit, but how much of that allowed him to have the engine? True, true. Um, but yeah, no, no, that is true. But
1: hypothetically, I believe he could make it.
0: The the, the biggest hypothetical fight would be Kane DC at heavyweight. Obviously, never going to happen because they're
1: closer. They've than, said
0: as much. Yeah, closer than brothers, this yada, yada, yada. But it would have been great to see who was actually oh, 100%. the better. Because um, they'll both say each other.
1: Do Do you agree with with Jill then? Do you think that currently Fedor has it?
0: I think based on longevity, based on his record, I think if, you know... Like we were saying earlier, you know, the current best, probably you could put him back and they'd, they'd hammer those guys back. You know, like if you took DC now, put him in Pride, or you put, took a fully fit Kane and put him in Pride, he probably mops the floor with probably. with those guys. Um, but based on records, accomplishments, longevity, I think it's got to be Fedor. Another, uh, I'm sorry, I've forgotten your name. I'm actually going to look him up very quickly because uh had a discussion with a about a dark horse on Facebook when we were discussing it and uh Fabricio Verdoom was put
1: forward. Yeah, I, I must admit I, I actually said to you even earlier that I, I find that one a little bit hard to, to wrap my head around. Um I can understand like obviously beat Fedor when Fedor was Fedor. He was the first to do it, wasn't he? he uh yeah in, the, first in legi- the triangle, first legitimate
0: win. Um you know Gavin McQueen that's who suggested it. So uh, I mean fair point
1: thing is, right, so, you know, lost to Sergei Karatonov, nothing to be ashamed of with that. Absolutely you know, Especially when you're looking at it now. Uh, lost Big Nog in 2006, lost Arlovsky in 07, um, and then lost to Sagano de Santos, which is fine, in 08. Um, problem is that none of those names are... Well, well
0: I think Verdum is in the conversation,
1: I said to you that I see him in the top five, top ten for sure, definitely, probably within the top five. But I just, you know, we're talking about the greatest of all time, and a guy that's been beaten by, you know, I mean yeah. he's he's been well Volkov. I mean Volkov. The Volkov
0: on the last fight, but that's the thing again. That's forty year old Fabrice Souver. Yeah,
1: but uh, by the same token, you know. Thirty-year-old Fabrice Verdum got beaten by Karatanov and Nogueira. Now Nogueira, okay, was was on an, you know an oh6 0- That's that's prime Noguera, or or close to prime Nogueira. But you know,
0: I just find it hard to put him in the conversation as the goat. I don't know. I think his record and the names on it overall. Look, you know, he's he's got a very good argument. You know, he he eight losses. Yeah, that's quite a lot for the goat. I I don't think that counts as much in in MMA as it does to the as to boxing. No, no, but it does when you compare it to the other people that we're talking about. Mm. Keen Velasquez hasn't fought enough.
1: Yeah, but which is
0: why we really um, might if Steve A. fights another four or five years, he could lose. Another three, four, five. He's fight. got
1: three losses. Stepe has three losses on his record. You know,
0: Verdum. Yeah, but it's it's long. It's longevity as well. You know what I mean? Like lots of these guys. Kane, DC, Stepe's careers have been a lot, lot shorter. That's true. That you know, true. they do not. They just don't fight as often. You know, Fabrizio Verdum's been fighting since two thousand and two. Yeah. So it's inevitable that there will be losses across. Across that period of time. I just don't think he's ever... The only one is Volkov who looked like he was on the way up until recently Derek Lewis took his soul.
1: Yeah, in the last 20 seconds. I don't think the there's line. been...
0: There's no shame in any of his defeats. Sergei Karatonov, I rant to you about yeah. him all the time. One of the most underrated heavyweights of his generation. Might,
1: might even be the best heavyweight outside of the UFC.
0: Very well could be. Would love to, would love to have seen the Bellator Grand Prix with actual heavyweights. Yes, I agree. Um, we'll probably actually... In fact,
1: well, let's let's just talk about it now. Um, the Fedor-Chiel fight. Uh, first of all, I don't know what Chiel was thinking with the uh, his little Forward flippy roll, roll thing. Um, <laughs> I was gutted. Uh, one was hard for me because I'm a massive Chiel fan and I love the story going into the fight. Um, but I, I do wonder what his decision-making process were. Uh, the post fight interview someone said to him they were like you were doing so well in half guard you know what what made you change to full mount Um
0: because he's the biggest choker in mma that is i love chill outrageous but chill chill will
1: find a way to lose sir you better watch your mouth you're talking about the original og from the main streets of west lynn you got to be careful with the, what or, you say. Yeah,
0: the og from the streets of
1: west lynn who
0: couldn't get the job done?
1: Well, no, didn't get the job done against the person that we've literally just talked about as the the potentially the greatest heavyweight of all time. Whenever he's been a middleweight, oh, I'm not. I, oh yeah, no, no, I'm. I'm
0: not. I'm not discrediting it because you know he did go up in weight and has that. I'm talking. Yeah, you're talking about
1: it twice against Anderson Silva, and and T- Tito Ortiz. Yeah, I mean, I can see merit to what you're saying. Um, I can see merit. The biggest chucker ever. Perhaps not, but has he choked? Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah,
0: yeah. I think it just... Because of the scale. The scale, and who's had more top-level shots than Chiel? And it's come away with zero. Two middleweight title shots, an undeserved light heavyweight title shot, a place in a heavyweight Grand Prix when you've been a career middleweight. True. The chance to beat, <clears throat> you know, he's fought... Arguably the greatest heavyweight of all time, the greatest light heavyweight of all time, and the greatest middleweight of all time, and has come up short in all yeah, of them.
1: But to be fair, like that's that's exactly it. Against the greatest middleweight of all time, the greatest light heavyweight of all time. Oh no, I just I just one of the greatest. I just think that when
0: he's had the opportunity, he should never have lost to Anderson Silva. He should not have lost to Anderson. He Silva. shouldn't have got blown away the second time. Do you think
1: the second time was a choke, or do you think that Anderson Silva was just that good
0: and just adapted? I think he was that good, but I also think that Chael, if you remember correctly, also did something ridiculously stupid in that fight with a spinning back fist against one of the best strikers ever. It fell on his arse and then got finished. Yeah, well, that's Um, that's fair enough. John Jones handled him like we all expected that. Losing to Tito was Bad. bad. Yeah, that was bad. And this was his big shot to beat. Let's be honest, an over the hill mid 40 year old Fedor. Uh, and he was in a great position to win, or to go, well not to win, but to, you know, to, yeah, dominate, to continue, yeah. seemed to have a, a game plan to go on. And then once again, chose to make a ridiculous
1: judgment of error. Yeah. Or error um, of judgment.
0: So that's why I label him the biggest sugar, because he's been in those positions. He's, he is. Managed to grasp defeat from the jaws of victory yeah, no, several I can, times. I can understand your your point there. Um, Rockhold, how do you think Fedor does against Bader? I think Bader fucks him. Yeah, I think Bader ices I think him. Bader humps him. Uh, I think Bader puts and him and catches him. Thing with Fedor is though he still has that scary power on the feet. He does, and 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 I just don't, I don't think Bader. He's not an ego fighter, so he won't be baited into. Well, I'm going to stand and bang. No, no, he, he will t- not. He will take him down, and if he can take and hold down Matt Mitrione, mean, he's going to do it. To he Fedor. can certainly do it. to Fedor.
1: Um, yeah, the only the only thing is like the thing go with what you were saying about Fedor's power. Like Chale was saying that like he'd heard that Fedor was fast. He went, but I thought that was for heavyweight. But no, he's just just fast in general. Fast. And he's one of the most fast. He's one of the fastest and most explosive athletes he's ever f- ever fought, despite what he looks like. So, mm. the, it, it is that thing of, I think one of two things will happen. Either this fight ends in the first with, with Mitrion on his back. Mitr- yeah, Or not Mitrion, sorry, Bader on mm. his back um, because you He's know, got clipped. He, he gets clipped. Uh, or we see, I think it could be a very one-sided. If Bader wins, it's going to be very one-sided. Put it that is
0: way. Is Fedor enough of a threat on the ground yes. to keep Bader? Yes. He's enough toes. to keep him
1: on his toes because he has that combat sample background. We've seen it tons of times, springing
0: Kimuras from weird positions or attacking well, well things. He's, he's done it to great wrestlers yeah. in the past. And yeah, you know, he offers far more of a submission threat than Mitrion would ever have. Oh, and Bader. also far more of a, a submission threat than Sonnen. Mm, yeah. You know, like, uh, so, so yeah, yeah. Or, or not. It's an intriguing fight. I think if fe- like the story is great. You know, you have the the man the UFC didn't really want because he didn't, you know, in the era of McGregor, didn't shit talk his way to the top, just went about his business. They didn't want him. He's since come over to to Bellator, cleaned up a light heavyweight, looks better than ever, could be their first dual weight champion, uh, simultaneous dual weight champion against the, well, I'm just going to say, the greatest heavyweight of all time. And, you know, with a career resurgence, looking to capture the heavyweight Grand Prix title. It is a beautiful story. Oh, it's terrific. Um, the whole tournament has been a success, in my eyes. Same. And I look forward I, to more the welterweight one, too. That's true. My only, like I said earlier, my only criticism of the Bellator Grand Prix is that they do have fighters like Sergei Karatonov and Czech Congo and... Who had, by the way, had
1: another great win against Timothy Johnson?
0: Check Congo just quietly going about his business, wrecking boys. Um, yep. But those guys didn't get in when we had Chael, and um, you know, true. fair enough. Rampage is a heavyweight now, but you know, Ryan Bader is also a career light heavyweight. You can well, I suppose you can't argue with Bader's inclusion because he's probably about to win the whole damn thing. True, but um, if it was a true heavyweight Grand Prix with the best heavyweights available. Several of those guys probably shouldn't have been in the bracket.
1: Uh, I agree completely. Um, it it'll be interesting to see what happens next. Uh, you know, after that, you know, if if it is Bearder uh as the champion, you know, do do we see them? You know, do we see the likes of you know another, not necessarily chill, but you know, do we see another light heavyweight doing it, or do you think that they just bust, they just ride, you know, ride someone like Kartonov in you know, like do they do I they think I
0: think if Spader wins, well whoever wins, you're looking at you probably have to give Czech Congo a title shot. The guy's what seven seven fight win streak yep. something like that. Uh Karatonov's knocking on the door, you maybe do <coughs> sorry if it tickled throat today. Same. Uh you do Karatonov Congo, number one contenders fight maybe. That's juicy. Um literally. As for light heavyweights coming up, Rampage says he's, he wants a shot at the winner of the tournament, but I think he needs a win over somebody who isn't.
1: He needs a win over a Karatonov or a... Yeah. A, but um, do you know what, though? Rampage Rampage has
0: still got... Oh, no,
1: no, he's, he's... He's got miles left here, um, and I and I could see him contending for it. Oh, Mit- what a, what a storyline that would be.
0: Mitrion, if Fedor wins, Mitrion's got a win over Fedor. He's still in the mix. The heavyweight division is is healthy there. Yeah. Um...
1: I At light heavyweight,
0: Chiel says he's the number one contender, apparently. I don't quite know how we've come to that conclusion. but Well,
1: because he's strung together a couple of wins against some elite heavyweights. I think that does Yeah, you I contention. just think
0: the Bellator light heavyweight division is no, probably yeah. one of their weakest. Um, Phil Davis is still there. Leo Machida in the mix now, although yep. it looks like he'll probably be farting about it. W- uh, not welterweight, middleweight.
1: middleweight. Um, <laughs> Machida welterweight? Machida welterweight. Um, Could you imagine?
0: But yeah, so I don't know. You could probably see Chael Bader for the light heavyweight title down the line at some point, and no doubt Chael would find a way to sabotage himself.
1: Well, um, Rockhold is injured. What? Yeah, I know. What a shock. Uh, His shin's still infected. He had a hand injury, a couple of other bits and pieces. But Weidman has not lost out completely on the fight because the... Point for pound scariest-looking man in MMA. The alligator. Jacare. Uh, Jacare has stepped up. A um, couple of things of note. One, Wideman, both criminally overrated and criminally underrated. Yep. Two, Jacare right back in the mix. Absolutely. Uh, and three, per David Branch. It seems to happen to David Branch a lot. That's the second time he's called out for the Wideman fight. Or for the... Um,
0: well, yeah, uh, it's the big fight getting taken away from him. Yeah, um, twice. I think he was scheduled to fight Romero, and Romero got pulled to fight someone more high-profile than him. Eh, poor David Branch. Shit happens.
1: Not surprised about Rockhold. He needs to get up to two 2'5". Um,
0: Rockhold, like we were saying earlier about Kane Velasquez, one of these guys I think could be the best middleweight on earth. No. But just can't get, keep his body healthy.
1: I, I I disagree. I don't think he's the, the best. I'm not saying he is. No, I'm, I'm saying it. he could be, could have been. I think he's he's going into his prime and losing too much of it to to ever a bit like Kim Velasquez. I'm saying. Um, you know, to, but yeah, he could have been like as in he's And yeah, if you're gonna liken it to Velasquez, he's one of the ones that could well have been.
0: I don't think we've seen the best of him because. Of injuries. Of injuries. Yeah.
1: I, well, yeah, I agree
0: with that. That is entirely possible. Um, Chris Weidman's another guy who I don't think we've seen the best of yet, also because of injuries. Well, I don't know. Is the Weidman who did you know, the back to back with Anderson Silva <coughs> and Machida is that the best Weidman ever? I think so. But saying that, he looked great against Gastelum. But, when he came back.
1: but Gastelum, like stylistically, that was a good matchup for him. Um, that's not to say that it, you know, oh, it was an easy fight. Va- like. Kelvin is a killer, and he's one of my favourite fighters to watch, but uh, Weidman, you know, that 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 is, you know, I expected Weidman to, in the way that I expected Habib to hold Connor down, I expected Weidman to do that mm. to Gastelum. You mm. know, Gastelum, now don't get me wrong, when he smoked Jacare, that was mighty impressive.
0: Well, that was a split decision, but it wasn't really a yeah, split decision, it, it was wasn't. just bad judging. And what he did to Bisping was... Terrifying! Oh. That one two was was pretty perfect. So it, it was a was it a one
1: sway one two? Yeah, or one two sway one two? Because I, I just remember he pulled the, the top, two, just oh, stunning! Like one of he's him, Nate and Nick, and Paulo Costa, they have great one twos.
0: Paulo Costa, really? Yeah,
1: just really liked. Now, don't get me wrong. Think he's going to get smashed against almost anybody in within the top ten, but uh, I really like this. Is one two in the uh, the hall fight? Just just yeah. aesthetically. I'm not talking necessarily about effectiveness, just yeah. aesthetics. Um, anyway, uh, Weidman
0: I, winner gets next at Bobby Knuckles or Kelvin. It's not going to be Kelvin. I don't know I think that fights. Those are two welderweights who've come up. The size difference goes away. It's not that. It's about skills. It's not,
1: yeah, I know, and and I don't think dude, ra- Romero ha- couldn't even, th- you know, could couldn't do. I much. think you're under. I think you're under rat- under rating Calvin. Calvin's great on his feet. My concern is that, um, b- like uh, Bobby Knuckles has, you know, Whitaker has some of the best takedown defense in the game, and I just, I just
0: think Calvin's going to be taking him down. No, 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 no. What's but I was name, talking so about it with
1: Wyman. What I was going to say is that he is not going to be fearful of the takedown from Kelvin. Um that I think that that, that is it's what we talked about earlier on, about the, the psychological advantage of what it can do. And have a look have a look at the statistics of, of Whitaker's output.
0: I think Calvin's output's pretty high as well. And if it's a smaller guy at middleweight, he's not going to run out of gas. I think it's a super intriguing fight. I don't think it's clear cut. Either way,
1: I agree to an extent. I just heavily favour Whitaker in this because I think he has the wrestling in his back pocket. You know, he was he was gonna be representing Australia at the re- at the, the uh, Commonwealth or the Olympic. I think it was Commonwealth. But you know, okay, granted, Australia aren't exactly known for the wrestling. Yeah. But to be a national level wrestler in almost any country, when you are an MMA, guy. I just think
0: at middleweight we haven't seen enough of Kelvin. That's probably on the true. Ground.
1: Yeah, probably true. Um, I, I, I personally favour uh, Whitaker, but but you you're not wrong. Um, and, and I could see I can make a case for both of them. I just if I if I were a Gaston's a
0: tenth planet black belt, yeah, yeah, like that's you know he's no joke. No, 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 he's not. He's not. I just think his boxing. Oh, it's so crazy! Well, I think the two of them if, in that fight is probably gonna stay on the feet, and it will probably won't be too many kicks even thrown. It'll be pretty close to being just a boxing match in a cage could well be um but yeah i think winner of weidman Jacare gets next um
1: michael Chiesa has come out and said that we haven't seen the best of him at lightweight uh, and you know he thinks he's gonna make waves at 170 i have two things to comment on in this one as you pointed out to me off air i do have a penchant for guys who've gone up in weight and and looked spectacular in the process. For instance, Mr. Bobby Knuckles, as we just spoke about. Uh, another no great example, example. Rafael de Sanjos, another great example. We talked earlier about what we think Jose Aldo would be like at 155. DC. DC looks better at heavyweight. I, I don't like weight cutting to the drastic extremes. I understand the need for it, uh, but I'm not one of these snowflakes that's going to be like I, the bonnet, it's gonna cut. like, I would like to see it, but it is what it is. It's part of the sport at this stage, and it will be handled however it is. However... With that said, I don't like this idea that it's like, oh, well, wait, do you see me now? Now I don't need to cut weight, and it's like, well, you you could have you could have gone to one seventy
0: earlier. Like I don't like that. Like I think so that's almost just, just trying to keep himself relevant. Yeah, but that's what it is. It's the it's the it's the PR game. You know, it's it's to try and whip up a bit of interest in it because if he
1: wants to become more, <clears> if, he appealing, say, if he doesn't
0: if he doesn't say anything. No one cares. It's about drumming up interest in his next fight. If he wants to become more appealing, maybe he should try getting a haircut
1: that doesn't make him look like Roy Nelson with AIDS. Ooh. a Go fucking horrendous mullet. Like, what are you doing? Like, why, why? Like, why? Why not just have a, like, why not just... I have nothing against mullets if, it if Sounds you, like you do. No. If you rock a mullet, that's cool beans, but he don't rock a mullet. He looks like a fucking redneck moron.
0: He's in a fashion show.
1: Uh... No, it's not, but thankfully, you know, if it <laughs> it's not a fashion show, but it is about PR. Your argument
0: is based on you don't like his haircut?
1: That's not why I don't like him. My argument is based on the fact that I don't buy, I'm not going to give... Like, oh, yeah, I can't. Oh, yeah, look, 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 he's good, like, look at him now. Would you see him at 170? It's like
0: he could be greater at 170, he
1: absolutely could be, but you let your actions do the talking instead of, yeah,
0: I, I know. But he that's what I'm saying. He will, like, this is just a PR bullshit game, that's my it's point. because he's coming off with two, you know, two losses, exactly. But so, so know your fucking place, just come, not, but that's not about knowing your place, it's about drumming up interest in your fight, regardless. Like, I, I can't fault the guy for saying this, like, whether it you know rings true in the end you know, who cares but i'll be interested to see how he looks because he's the guy claiming you know he's, he's got to put his money where his mouth is now so i can tell you how he looks he looks like roy nelson with aids not at welterweight
1: no perhaps not at welterweight maybe just like with a heavy not not spondylosis or something yeah. N- not full bloomsies <laughs> um no just partial um new diagnosis I, th- I think that Chessa will look better at welterweight, and um, of course, cutting that much weight will be tough on 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 anyone. And I have no doubt that it has depleted him. I just don't like the.
0: He's a good fighter. I just I don't think he'll make particular waves he's at a welterweight good fighter, either. But he's like. He's a middle of the road guy. Yeah, he's just one of those guys that's going to win
1: to lose. Two. He's just he's a the Diaz caliber.
0: Well, but without the name, he is fighting the natural born killer, Carlos Condit. So we will. That's an. But see, this is this. Do you know what? But you know what annoys me about that fight? Condit's a guy we've said this before who just seems to have. There's his skills haven't He's deteriorated. The biggest
1: chucker in MMA. Condit potentially. Don't think so. Potentially.
0: Mm. I think Carlos should have stopped by now. We've said this before. After the, uh, especially after the Alex Oliveira fight, mm-hmm. where he got tapped. Yeah, he hasn't lost any size, strength, speed, skills. He's just lost. That va va voom. Yeah, like you're fighting I can't say you've lost your fighting spirit because that's, you know, fairly insulting to a, <laughs> to a fighter. To a top level fighter, but I don't know if that competitive drive just or fire burns quite as hot as it used to. Um I think those wars he was in have have taken their toll and you know the horrendous double knee injury blew out against woodley and then coming back from that um he's, also, ha- he's had his time at the top i think i don't think he's anything the problem is i don't think he's anything left to prove he's been fighting for a ridiculously long time he has had what 45 fights i'm sure yeah um i don't know I don't, I don't, I don't know. If you're Carlos Condit and you're coming off, you know, you've lost four on the bounce, and you're fighting Michael Chiesa.
1: The, uh, yeah, I mean the the problem. What's with that, that? What's fight that? It proves nothing for you. That, but you see, this is exactly what I was going to say: is that Chiesa wins, and you go, "Oh well, Condit was on the way down." Well, the problem is, Condit though,
0: wins, and you go, "Oh, Condit's back," and Chiesa is still shit. Well, the problem is, Condit is still a name, and unfortunately, in this game, the names stay yeah, long yeah. after the ability. But it's not even his ability. I just, I think he said he, would I can't remember if he officially retired or he semi-retired. He was certainly inactive for a while after the Damien Maia mauling. I think he owns a coffee shop or a coffee brand yeah. or something. I think it, I think once you've, you know, he's had, fair enough, he never won the full undisputed title, but he has a UFC title, which I'm sure is on his mantelpiece and he can say forever, you know, I was the champ, but X them, point then. in history. Yeah. You're not gonna get there again. You've got other endeavors. I think he a young family. You've been fighting he's been fighting since he was what seventeen or something, yeah. thirty-four now. Nothing left to prove. I'd just rather see that guy ride out without any more people sort of taking advantage of his name. Do you think he's just waiting for a win to go out? <sighs> I think <sighs> Carlos Condit, from when he fought Diaz or GSP, 50% of that Condit wipes the floor with Chiesa.
1: Yeah, well, like, like that's so the I Condit think, that nearly finished GSP. Yeah, yeah. So I, with
0: that head kick. Um, if he can't beat... I said it last time, if he couldn't beat Alex Oliver, but Alex Oliver is a decent fighter. He's
1: a great... He's great on the ground. You he? know, like,
0: his names... The names he's lost to aren't... Aren't bad names at all. Like he hasn't, there hasn't been one where you're like, "Oh god, you know that's a terrible name." But Michael Chiesa coming up from 55, yeah, he should. He should. Well, and if he doesn't, he should stop. One, well, just a couple
1: of pieces of news left. Uh, Anik signs a four-year extension with the UFC.
0: Yay! Um, I quite like Anik. Uh, he's cardboard. He's just he's getting he's, better. He's I, Fox personified. He's mm. just. You know, I, I may as well it. be one of those fox robots in a suit
1: but you know what like you have like that is one of the rules within
0: oh it's it certainly is it's just you know it, as much as we laugh at, at goldie you know it's a bit of the personality of the sport it's just sanitizing it a bit or something I know, think it, it needs a bit more personality it's once you imagine once rogan goes hmm. how dull and playing that you know, broadcast booth could potentially be. I'm I'm disappointed we haven't seen more of Jimmy Smith on the bigger events yet. Yes, same, same. But I think that that,
1: that's... John
0: Anik does, you know what it is, he's a company man, he does the job well, Mm -hmm. you know, can sprout the advertisements well, seems to be reasonably knowledgeable about it. I I can't really complain. It It makes sense. The biggest piece of news this week for me personally
1: is Eddie Alvarez going to 1FC.
0: Getting those... Yen. Well, the reason... Bags and bags of yen.
1: The reason why it is the biggest piece of news to me is it means that until his contract is up with one, I should theoretically be able to watch the UFC events without hearing his wife.
0: <laughs> Eddie! Eddie!
1: Eddie! It's the most... And it, oh, ugh, I'm just glad that we don't need to hear that anymore. However... Great move for him. Great move for him. Yeah, he's he's probably going to contend for a belt right away, and he could well hold it. Um, could hold it for a while too. Be um, the champ everywhere then. Yeah, not nice. Nice to nice way to ride out his career. I'm sure they're they're paying
0: him well. Uh, top he, one, a top five lightweight of all time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's got to be record alone. UFC champ, Bellator champ, could be the one champ
1: yeah um and he's and he's been some great guys too
0: see Brandon Vera current one uh heavyweight champion just saying on gushing about how great his time at one has been compared to the u f c and just says uh, you know likes it because fighters get treated with respect there and if you're a free agent just reach out to one and they'll see what they can do with you i I really like one I like the product yep um I like the cage yep be interesting to see if they continue to grow snap up big. Free agents, because this is a big signing. You know, Bellator would have had Eddie Alvarez back in a heartbeat. I'm sure the UFC. They wanted to make the Michael Chandler match more than anything. I'm sure. Mm, I'm sure the UFC. They probably got the all they could out of Eddie at this point, but I mean,
1: he wasn't going to contend again. No, no, no.
0: But he's still a guy you'd like to to keep around. Um,
1: yeah, but you need to have.
0: You know, you need to be. You need to be having
1: him and. Uh, Gitchy type fights. You know. but that's what, yeah,
0: but that's what I mean. So He's sort of done everything he can do in the UFC now. No, good for great, him. Great move, yeah.
1: And uh, hopefully his wife learns a thing or two about respect in crowds. <laughs> um, DC, uh, speaking of commentary with John Anik, uh DC postponed a WWE commentary tryout. Now, there's a couple of things I want to note about this. First of all, I'm still hearing that his hand isn't right. Yeah, I don't like this um, yeah. I don't like this, No, I don't mean don't like it as in I still think he's going to win I think what's going to happen is he's going to drag Derek Lewis into a world of hurt in the floor Derek Lewis has not faced somebody that I can think of that can wrestle like DC, no. he is going to get molly whopped it's going to be disgusting,
0: credit to it's Derek going Lewis, to look, it's going to look like the Rumble fight, maybe it's without because Derek doesn't have the speed Rumble did, Um, I just think DC takes him down and taps him. Probably yeah. fairly easily if he gets him down. Yeah, and, and I think
1: I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. But I don't like this because I don't like fighters fighting hurt.
0: I think he's come out and said,
1: it's fine. Yeah, do you know what he came out and said? He said, oh, do you know sometimes like when your finger, like what you need to do is just, just hurts, but you just need to press real hard and it just pops. And it's like, really? Yeah, really? C- that was the, the have- word
0: in the press was because you needed to crack your knuckle. I've no issue. I, every fighter comes in with, with some yeah, varying degree them, of injury. Yeah, yeah,
1: but this is my point. The injuries should be either not a big like a big deal and it's kept quiet, or not a big deal and said aloud. I don't like the straddling of the with them because I think it sets up for a in a case of a loss, it sets up for the oh, but Maham was injured. Now yeah. I don't, I can't see DC saying it, but I can see the fans saying it, and that that to me. Is even worse than DC saying it because you know, yeah. at least the DC says it. You're like, oh, well, of course you'd say it. You know, that's you. You know, you need to have an excuse to lose, not DC personally, just fighters. Yeah. But when the public say it and there is something on record that his hand isn't right, it just puts you know because if Derek Lewis wins this fight, not only would that be hilarious for for the UFC <laughs> having Derek Lewis as you know the black beast, as the UFC champ. But if he does, you know, he deserves to be credited for and lauded for that. Yeah. And I feel like this is already the, you know, the the it's it's like making a little cake and not having a cherry on top of it. You <laughs> know, it's or a little bun. Mm. Uh, the commentary side of it, I why is my question? I, mean, I know why for DC, but why why are the WWE doing it? Um, I mean, DC's not that big a name.
0: No, and he's also, I don't think he's a particularly great comic. He's obviously super insightful. Yeah, but he's super he's insi- insightful into a but that's what. Sport. But that's what I was about to say. He's insightful into your sport, which he is, you know, a dual champion. He is not insightful. One inci- of the best ever. He's just, um, he's a big pro wrestling fan. Which
1: is ludicrous. <laughs> well,
0: yeah, me and you were massive pro wrestling fans at yeah. one point. Doesn't Before maybe. we got pubes. <laughs> Fair enough. Um it's a boys sport, like not it, would, a, not it not wouldn't sport. qualify us to be WWE commentators. I don't know. Like I, I get it. I don't I like, like this constant it's weird, it's like the it seems to be a lot with UFC guys that like yeah, we 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 grew up on it and we all grew up in WWE, especially for those a bit older than us. We're both nineties children. Yep. Um Well, just just, yeah. But uh, if you came through the 80s and you had Hulk Hogan and blah 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 and then obviously into the Attitude I Era. I actually
1: disagree with you a bit. I think that, that we, of all of the generations, were probably primed for it, because we were eight when, but when the Attitude is, Era started. What I'm started. saying is
0: they went through both of it before MMA really exploded. Yeah, and Or existed on it, yeah. On a yeah, big level, um, yeah. But there seems to be this weird thing that like they would all, if given the opportunity, jump ship to it. It's like the dream career, which which seems ridiculous because it would surely seem the other way around. Like, if you were a wrestler, you'd want to be legitimized by going to an actual sport, which your sport in, you know...
1: Like Mr. Lesnar?
0: Yeah, you know, your sports entertainment essentially represents a dramatic version of, you know... I, I, I don't get it. I... No, I don't see the appeal. I I really don't want to see DC and not that I watch WWE, but I just don't want to see a minute. Um nothing more I can say. See, they're in the shit for being in bed with. So the Saudi Arabians. Yeah, because the UFC have apparently pulled out of their big Saudi Arabia deal because of how Saudi Arabia treat their their folk. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's all a bit of a shit storm, really. The 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 thing, but the, you know, I mean that we we stay away from the politics wherever possible so let's let's dock out now from that music you can obviously tell it is time for the Saints and Sinners. For those of you who are new, welcome to our session. Uh, Saints and Sinners is the bit of the podcast where each week we have had the power vested in us by the wonderful and glorious uh, MMA gods and it is our job to trudge through the doom and gloom and positive news of the week and uh, give people uh, their their comeuppance for wrongdoing uh, or give them praise and sainthood for their the correct behaviour by the MMA gods. Um, Mel, I am going to put forward Sejari Eubanks. Who the Who the <laughs> fuck is Sejari <laughs> Eubanks? Well, first of all, to those who didn't know, Sejari Eubanks is of course the name of the girl who was getting put up against Valentina Shevchenko in the most ridiculous main event fight ever, least deserving title shot in UFC history. Uh, and now, officially, a turbo asshole. Sidara Eubanks said she screamed at Dana White after getting that fight pulled. First of all, sit the fuck down and stay in your lane, woman. Like, Ooh. this is a woman who has missed weight and has a record of fucking four and two or something. Four and three, I think. Four and three, right? Get a fucking grip of yourself, woman. Don't you dare scream at Dana White over this. Like, I agree that it was a joke. ...of a fight and it shouldn't have ever been made. But get in your fucking lane. The MMA gods do not appreciate her lack of humble attitude. They do not appreciate, as we will highlight in one of our saints... ...they do not appreciate the lack of patience... ...the lack of due care and attention into when your fight is due. The MMA gods will reward you with your
0: title shot... ...when you are ready, most of the time. But is her reaction not justified as... I'm pretty sure if you were promised a headlining spot and title shot at Madison Square Garden only to have it taken away, to be removed and put on fight pass, no doubt. That is setting a precedent and the MMA gods disagree strongly.
1: The MMA gods uh, refer you to uh, section Derek Lewis in how to handle getting a title shot early. (laughs) Stipe should have got the title shot was Derek Lewis's words. Sajar Eubanks is not living in the way that the MMA gods approve of massively. um, It's not so much, like, joking aside, it's not so much the fact that she... I'm sure she was pissed off at Dana White, and I'm sure she did have a go at him, but it's the fact you're going on to publicize the beef. It's like, you know, she's been... She has been a hateful little bitch about this since the beginning, and uh, she is slowly becoming my least favorite fighter over Tyron Woodley. What? Right? And she may even be more annoying than Dylan Danis. No, because at least he <laughs> has somewhat of a leg to stand on with his his ability. His one and zero record uh, is better than four and three, mate. She's got the experience. Alex, <laughs> <Bollocks, laughs> like, I, I am really, really disappointed in in the way she's handled this. I think she's made herself look like an amateur. Um, she's supposed to be a professional athlete. Um, yes, it is terrible what the UFC did to her, and I agree. She was used as a pawn, so I do understand her frustration. I just think she's acting like a little brat about it, um, and I think that fair enough for this reason... We shall I shall condemn her. She goes to... I do, do you know what? I'm not happy to put her in hell purely because I think that she does kind of have a point. I mean, I, I'm obviously jesting with things I said. She does sort of have a point, but she definitely needs some time in purgatory to consider her actions moving forward because I don't think she'll have herself uh, very many fans if she keeps this up. So I personally, uh, on behalf of the MMA gods, would like to suggest purgatory for some time to reflect upon her behaviour. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, I can agree. I can agree with that because with one hand, the MMA gods give and with the other they taketh away it is the balance it is just how it works which brings me on to my next sainthood I would like to bring forth a man of great poise patience respect a man who shows how to handle these situations with class and dignity oh, okay I speak none other
1: than of David Branch we, of course, spoke of David Branch earlier on. I assume you are referring to his calm and poised demeanour in losing the second big fight uh, in a row. Third, actually.
0: He he, he does lose out on, on these big fights, it seems a lot. First Romero and now, and now Jacare. But he takes it on the chin. He moves forward. He accepts it. He knows his place in and around the card, and he knows the only way up is to keep winning, to keep plowing through the division you know you've hit the nail
1: on the head um, which is for all of the, the he
0: could definitely have
1: you know chucked the toys out of the pram threw the head up in this scenario but this is my point is he has a right because he actually has been screwed over on a number of occasions Shajar Eubanks got thrust into a fight that shouldn't have ever been happening in the first place because the UFC panic scrambled and then whenever they've got such a backlash like she should be annoyed at the public's backlash not
0: Dana White Mm yeah, but if you know the, if the your only boss, reason if your boss offers you something, you accept it and then goes, Nah. No, but you don't go, nah,
1: you go, we're gonna do this unless we hear I think r- it's good a good reason not to I think it's
0: more to do with like I was saying our position from being title challenger headliner at one of the biggest sports venues in the world to now being the curtain jerker. I'm retroactively happy about it now. I felt bad for her in the first place until she got on like this. Um, well, yes, David Branch has put up a lovely Instagram post, you know, essentially outlining his feelings towards this. And he has handled it with poison grace. So I would I'd once again like to put him forward for sainthood. I, I actually concur.
1: I think that he has showed exemplary restraint. Um, so, yes, sainthood granted. Congratulations, Mr. Branch. Um, I am going to put forward, uh, as a sinner, the Diaz brothers. Nate, apparently, was an absolute disaster to negotiate with. um, I am
0: shocked by this,
1: because he has been notoriously
0: easy to negotiate with in the past.
1: This is apparently new levels of difficulty, first of all, after the loss of the Poirier fight. He said he would only do a 165 title shot. The UFC said, no, we'll do 165, but not a title shot. Then he said, no, 168. He wanted more money, and, and they basically just couldn't come to terms. He needs to shit or get off
0: the pot. It Yeah, it has been two plus years now since we have seen him in the octagon. Um, if you want to keep talking about the game and being involved in the game, you got to take part in the game. Yeah, and then the um, same goes to his brother. Um, yeah, the, Nick has come out and said that uh, what do you call it, awful, the uh, Bellator's on on the streaming, Dazon, 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 however the hell you pronounce it. So mm, for Dazon. Recently, exactly. I've uh, signed a deal with Canelo Alvarez, the boxer, Um, for, I can't remember if it's 10 fights or 10 years, it's 10 something for like 365 million dollar deal. Uh, to Can which, I borrow a 10 <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> to which Nick has said that, uh, they should fight because he is the bigger draw. Right. Um, and uh, is the better fighter. Now, I can't really argue with the better fighter because if we're using the term fighter generally. Yeah, we're talking about yeah, unrualed combat. Yeah, he's certainly not the better boxer. Uh, no. Um, Nick is another one. The TMZ brothers, as they should be known. I like it. Spend it's a lot Shirley of... Woodley uh, has a stake in that. Spend though. a lot of time just, you know, Snapchatting like... Sixteen-year-old girls, um, partying mm. up in in Vegas and and doing whatnot. Uh, yeah, you either need to get out of the game, or get back in it. Uh, it's like Nick, even more so. I mean, when's the last time Nick fought? Oh, was it Anderson it was Silva? Like 10, Fourteen, something like that. Yeah, hasn't won a fight in
1: four or five years. Six
0: year, I think it's longer. I think it's like Oh one, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Nate, yeah, you know, like it's just said, hasn't been seen in two, two and a half years. Um bit coincidental that negotiations fall out just while a certain Mr. McGregor's dance card is freed up again. Do yeah, we see funny, that, that coming? Uh, yeah. 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 Hundred and sixty five point belt we called it weeks ago. On that. I, mean, I don't I don't even think. I think it's a, I think this one's a fifty five. I think this is uh, you can well first of all you could never give Nate a title shot. Based off his, you know, his resume over the last however many years. What does that matter to the UFC? Exactly, but it allows them to one keep the money wheel turning with Nate Connor three, which is gonna do gangbusters. Yeah, but they want Connor and, on the belt. But it allows you to do Habib Tony in the meantime, and then I think Connor beats Nate again if they fight again, um, and then Connor is right back in with a bit more credibility than if you just threw him right back in now.
1: Yeah, but I think that they, they and it
0: allows you either have Habib too, which is mega big, or you have if you're the UFC, the slightly better option of having the slightly more beatable Tony Ferguson. If you want to have Conor with a belt, you don't want to have him fight Habib again.
1: No, but you give it. That's my point. You give him the 165 against Nate.
0: I don't think there's gonna be a 165 anytime soon. I think there is. I
1: do. I, I think do. that's
0: died died down a bit. Um, I think lightweight's where it's at for the, for the foreseeable future. Well, I'm going to cast them both to hell. Yeah. They need to get off their phones and get in the cage. Absolutely. Who else are you putting forward this week, Mel? I would like to put forward, for condemnation, everyone's favourite grappler, Dylan Danis, Who, uh, you know, in his extremely personable way, has uh, ruffled a few feathers again this week, shocking all, What a surprise. Yeah, um, by claiming that he is the best grappler in MMA. Bitch, please. Bar none, and there isn't even a close second. I would just like to remind Dylan that uh, a certain Mr. Gary Tonin is currently fighting in MMA. Who's already beaten. Yeah. Well, this this comes hot on the the heels of his call-out of uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, um, I see Gilbert Burns has taken uh, taken issue with this. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of grapplers in MMA who w- would take issue with this. People like Damian Maya come to mind, although he's probably too nice to ever say anything. But uh, don't get me wrong, Dylan Dennis. Excellent. Excellent grappler. Yep. Is he the best? Mm, yeah.
1: He's world class, but he's not the
0: best. Is he not the be- Yeah. So I just... Plus, he's just hateful. He really is. I've said this before. Um, he looks like a, an underdeveloped Kermit the Frog. So, yeah, I would like to condemn him to M.A. Hill, at least for this week, for, for crimes of delusion. That's fair. I I concur. I concur, and I, I believe
1: he should be cast there. He can also say hello um, when he's there to John Jones. Who, who remains. Who remains there. Um, and also this week said that, his drug test was nothing but a sprinkle of salt in a swimming pool worth of steroids. Which
0: Yeah. St- I think Yeah, yeah, there's st- that I, speaks for itself, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, there were steroids there, but it wasn't taking enough. Yeah, there was a wee wee bit. Just a wee bit. Just a, a wee, wee bit. bit, of steroids. Tiny bit of steroids. Like just just We sprinkling just of a
1: steroids. Wee, salt a salt bay yeah. of steroids <laughs> in a swimming pool of bullshit, lies and sociopathic tendencies. Yeah, man, I'm excited for him, Gus. Oh yeah, me too. I've said it before, we'll get into it in greater detail, but I am actually all-team Gus on this, uh, but that's for literally another podcast, uh, because I'm sure that one's going to get tense. Um, <laughs> on a more positive note then, I have one more, one more saying to put forward. This week, believe it or not, I'm going to put forward the UFC for a temporary sainthood now I know the UFC are not without their transgressions hell we've even just just mentioned a couple of them like uh, you know they'll put on fights that shouldn't happen just to make money but I think they do deserve because and this is the only reason because they are trying to write a previously done wrong Mm -hmm. they are working as we mentioned earlier on in the podcast they are working Towards trying to get Mister Ben Askren involved in the UFC. About damn time. About damn time. Uh, best grappler in oh. the welterweight division. Could be best grappler in MMA. He could be. He could. He could be. Yeah. He really could be, and that's actually Dylan Danis. A welterweight, like you know, th- there's there's another guy that that could potentially be better than Dylan Danis. Absolutely. He's certainly a better
0: fighter. Yeah, I mean. People. Who would you want to see Ben Askren fight? <sighs> I mean, there's there's so many options. I cool, mean, right? obviously, you know, GSP, Habib, what? Woodley, Woodley, who yeah. apparently he absolutely
1: destroys in wrestling.
0: But would he destroy in MMA?
1: Yes. You think? Yeah. Don't know what that was, but pause and Yes, I think so. Um,
0: I think that he I think, he uh, does, yeah. I don't know about that because I think Woodley is excellent. And it's like we were saying way back at the start of the podcast about Habib striking. You know, I think the, the gap there, like, there, you know, obviously Ben Askren, I, I believe, would be the better wrestler. But it's not like uh, Woodley is any slouch in that department. But he has also got ungodly powerful hands. That is true. That is true. I've seen rumors of uh, Stephen Thompson, which I like the idea of, because if you're not going to put him straight in for a title shot, or, you know, he needs to prove himself or get a win or two first, Stephen Thompson makes sense. A guy right at the top, theoretically, should be Ben Askren's kryptonite. Uh, Tall, tall, rangy welterweight, who, you know, point-style karate background, very good at managing the distance. You, if he can stay on Askren's outside, we'll find out a lot about Askren's uh, distance management yep. and his striking.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. Um I think that Askren Askren is a very, very well rounded mixed martial artist. Uh, he obviously relies heavily on his wrestling but he has no slouch with his uh his strike from the particularly from, from the ground. He's pretty ferocious and that's that's what I think would happen with Woodley is from what I've read about the wrestling room and the two of them, Askren is a lot better at wrestling which would which would lead me to I think he would get him down and just hold him down and and
0: smash him out. I think the fight I'd want to see more than anything is is GSP.
1: Yes, yes, that is probably because it, it, it. You know, you're talking about the question with Askren is is he the best grappler ever in the uh, in, in MMA? Has
0: GSP been usurped by Habib though?
1: Yeah. Oh, well, as a as a
0: wrestler. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Because so is the fight Habib Ben Askren? Yes. Or it's both. It's, or is the size difference? an issue there.
1: Size difference isn't an issue there. I mean, I, th- I think that Habib really is... I a think, I think the size
0: becomes m- more of an issue because of it's it'll be a grappling-heavy fight, you know, with uh, top pressure. Whoever essentially controls the top pressure wins that fight. I think if, you know, Habib does get the 155, as we know, we know it's a struggle, but I don't think Ben Askren... You know, I think Ben Askren's cut the one seventies reasonably difficult as well. No ben,
1: as, no, ben, Askren. I thought was uh, a big advocate of of walking around pretty close. Oh, really? Yeah. I think he. I'm nearly sure he's a big advocate of of walking around, sort of right, right around where he needs to be, unless I am mistaken. But I am. I'm pretty confident that um I've I've heard him talking before um about weight cutting and 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 saying that you know he. Uh, so yeah, I mean he yeah, so uh, Well he has
0: Askren has come out and claimed that he is fighting GSP in spring twenty nineteen. Whether there's any weight to that, we'll wait and see. I mean the guy hasn't even signed with the UFC yet, but sure he is ninety eight percent not 98 percent positive that he will be fighting in the UFC soon. Well I yeah, I
1: mean well well okay, so Ben Askren was saying that uh he was going to move to one eighty five due to the change in weight cutting uh you know it said that presumably the uh the the i v ban yep and um, but he he believes massively in uh the one
0: f c system so you know <laughs> well i think regardless the u f c does deserve their sainthood here because The UFC used to be about, and to an extent, still is about bringing the best of the best of the best into the organisation and seeing essentially then who is the best. And in a time where we have seen welterweights like CM Punk fight, whereas an undefeated monster like Ben Askren has remained out there, um, this is only this can only be good. This can only be good for business. It can be only good for the UFC. Um, It can be good for the sport and good for the actual competition side of it. So yeah. I one hundred percent support well them for sainthood.
1: I, I, I support it one hundred percent for temporary sainthood, but no doubt the UFC will be back in hell in no time at all. But until the Mel, may the MMA gods be with you.
0: And also with you. Uh, just before we go on
1: to uh, review the, um, or preview, I should say, the UFC Moncton card, uh, breaking news that, uh, well, if you consider that, Brock Lesnar's going to be cage-side at UFC 230. So make
0: of that what you will. Expect more pushing, shoving yeah. cowboy boots and big suits.
1: Yeah, I would say that this is just, you know, this is furthering the case that they see. I um, haven't said that. Derek Lewis and Brock Lesnar could oh, theoretically, could Dan. you imagine?
0: <laughs> Do you um, imagine? I see Brock Lesnar's booked to... Wrestle next month in in Saudi Arabia. Actually, we were talking about this earlier. So, full circle, he, he is uh, yeah, he is still in the WWE circuit, so to speak. So, well, the WWE whether he's been, uh, I saw a footage of him, oh, I can't even remember when it, it was, lean. a month or two ago, yeah, it looked lean and. Big props growing back the beard. Excellent. That's always a good sign, especially
1: for uh, for the UFC side of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're going to see more theatrics. UFC Moncton, um, the first of eight consecutive UFC cards uh, on the uh, on
0: on the bounce here. done uh, our picks
1: on topology please if you haven't join in and you can find us by searching for well Mel go ahead oh I believe it's super rad UFC pick'em yeah that's the one the (laughs) super rad MMA
0: or super rad UFC pick'em sorry yeah that's our prediction league table whatever the hell you want to call it Uh, just for shits and gigs um well, you do also get cool belts. You do get cool belts and points. Uh, this is in no way affiliated with Topology, may I say. This nope. is literally just because we enjoy doing it. Uh, but you can go on and make your predictions. Go see how you match up against us. Um, yeah. All
1: that fun stuff. Um, this is a very... We'll mi- post a
0: link, but that, that wasn't very well explained no, no. at all. So basically, basically <laughs> we,
1: we have... Uh, the Topology have a, a predictions... Uh, a pick'em section, and what you can do is you can go through a card and you can pick who you think is going to win, you can pick the method, and you can pick the round. Obviously, round doesn't count if you're going for a decision. Uh, Based on that, you get points, and based on the points, you get belts like you would in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, and you get little ranked belts. Shout-out to our boy Henry Corrigan, actually, who is, I believe, a third-degree purple belt. He's put the time in. I'm a a one-stripe white belt i also i'm just i think i'm just a white belt currently um but nonetheless this weekend join in um it's free to do it and as we say it's it's just a bit of fun but it's a good way to interact with us and you can rib us if we get it wrong and you can give us uh give us kudos if we get it right and vice versa uh this week's card is the first of eight on the bounce um, and big rundown to new year indeed uh couple of fights uh, that we're gonna skip out that we we'll ju- you know we're just gonna talk about the ones that are of, uh, of interest to us or ones that we really think that you should watch um the first one is stevie ray the scottish wonder he is fighting against the yari um I have Stevie Ray winning this. Uh, I have him winning this by decision. Uh, I think they're both really well matched, but Stevie Ray is a fun fighter. He's got a Taekwondo background, so you always see some pretty dynamic striking from him. Um, Is this at
0: welterweight or lightweight? I
1: believe this is at welterweight. Um, Stevie Ray moving up then? Yes, I believe so. Um, Actually, wait, no, it's actually not. It's at lightweight.
0: It is at lightweight. So Yari moving down. Yari's last fight was with Darren Till. Yep. Um uh, I've picked Stevie Ray. I've picked him by knockout, I believe, in the second round. Um probably just a bit of home cooking. I think he's desperately in need of a win or could find himself back, back, back in, on the regional yeah, scene. Back in Cage Wars or something. Or yeah.
1: Bellator would probably be interested in scooping him up if the UFC dropped him. Like you know, he he's I
0: think he's a handy one to to keep about. Um He's bit. a bit like uh, a man who he has fought Ross Pearson. Yeah, he, he can fight on any of those European cards, any of the British cards. Um, just a handy one to have on the, on yeah, the card. yeah, you know, he's an entertaining fighter. Um, I don't know too much about Iyari. you know, I, literally the only fight I can remember is the Darren Hill fight. Yep. Um, so okay. Yeah. Um. See, I'm 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 going for a bit of home cooking. I'm picking Stevie Ray. The um the
1: next fight that uh that I I. I, I recommend you watch is, uh, is Qatar and Fishgold. Uh, mainly because Qatar pr- arguably has some of the best boxing in the UFC and I think very few people actually knew that.
0: Yeah, Look no further than what he did to Shane Burgos. I was about to say the Shane Burgos fight was exceptional. Like I was like just a phenomenal his, fight. His
1: traditional boxing footwork is outrageously good.
0: Came up short against a, a man we mentioned earlier in Renato Moicano, but <laughs> no shame there. That's a guy on, on the up, uh, um, you know, to do
1: big, big things. I have him, I have guitar winning by second round KO. I have gone the exact same way. I think his boxing will be far too much for yeah. Chris Fishgold. Yeah, he's Fishgold, uh, you know, not as experienced. And, and I just, I think that this fight is... Is is gonna be pretty one sided, to be honest. Um, alas, the next fight that I think, uh, and and look, we're we're getting good at this blowing our own trumpets thing. But what? a guy that we have been harping on about for quite some time now is Nasrat Haqparast. Skinny Kelvin. Skinny Kelvin. Um, weirdly, though, have you seen Baby Fedor? You mean Fat
0: Kelvin? Fat Cal- <laughs> Right. We have... <laughs> There's someone, varying degrees.
1: Someone on Reddit posted saying it's almost like every evolution of Bulbasaur. What I thought is, that you know those
0: Russian dolls where they keep it's popping like out of <laughs> each other? And they're just... It's like the model is Kelvin <laughs> Gastelum. There's smaller and larger ones.
1: That's really what it's like. Uh, Hackprast, of course. Uh, somehow, nobody knows how, considering he doesn't fly, ha- managed to get us a hobby in his corner, the last one he is a tri-star prodigy, 9-2-0 uh, originally from Germany we have been high on him for quite a while now, uh, he is Unbelievably dynamic. He frames very well to maintain distance. His uh, kicking game and his say, muay thai is phenomenal. His, yeah, his muay
0: thai is ridiculous. It's so ridiculous.
1: Uh, a lot of switch kicks, a lot of um, it's just. He's uh, just very, very dynamic. I go to
0: Goot- how you pronounce it, <coughs> Gooty? T-ball, Gooty. T-ball, T-ball, um, Goatee. Is a good test of where he's at. Um, an experienced guy didn't look great against Sage particularly, but. Um, this is a fight I would expect Hackprass to win if he is to con- continue on the trajectory towards the top. Um, yep. Goody is a nice step, an appropriate level as well. He hasn't been thrown into the wolves, but this isn't a guy who he should be running over either. He may well run over him, which will say more about Hackprass than does about Goody, but... I think Hackprass does run over him, to be honest. Well,
1: I say that, I have him picked it for a decision, Um Purely, to be honest, I'm regretting that now. Um, uh, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I do fancy a, a spectacular Finish. KO from from
0: Hackpress. I've also picked him by decision. I think he just takes him apart over <coughs> over the fifteen. Yeah. Um. He, he doesn't really have. Well, I haven't seen it from him yet. That one punch par. But no, his combinations and the ability to string it all together and his volume and output is is something else. So he's a ninety percent KO
1: rate and he's in in eleven fights, so yeah. you know he's, he's he's he does have finishing ability. He doesn't have that one punch uh, ability that I've seen yet. But all aboard the 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 uh, Hackprass train, um, uh, having for a long time. Uh, and and uh, yeah, this this is actually my my fight of the night.
0: I don't know if it's my fight of the night. I think it's my lock of the night. Oh, I am feeling very confident. Con- no, my lock of confident. the night will be coming up shortly.
1: Um, we have uh, Nordin Taleb uh, and Sean Strickland fighting. Um, how, how do you see that one playing out, Mel?
0: Uh, I think Taleb's on the way down. He is at the tail end of his career. Um, I didn't know this. He's actually a security guard to the stars. I saw him uh, bodyguarding Justin Bieber, I believe. So obviously he has a very lucrative career outside of the cage. Um I have Sean Strickland to finish him and to finish him early, which I'm not super confident because I like Taleb. I don't think he's got any glaring weaknesses in his game. I just think Strickland's the, the younger... The m- real deal. I think he's good, but I think he's the younger, more explosive fighter.
1: Uh, I actually have gone the other way. I believe Taleb's experience shines through, and I think he ekes a decision. Under um, the main card... Uh, Garcia and McGee. McGee, um, for those who don't know, uh, of Ultimate Fighter fame. Um, actually, a remarkable story. Uh, pre- I think he was a drug addict, was not he? A heroin addict. Yeah. Um, you know, made a recovery. Ex- homeless, Ex- like yeah. homeless, and, and whatever.
0: I think Garcia is going to take this. Um, well, I, I, there's a funny little triangle going on with uh, <coughs> Garcia's, Court uh, McGee and Strickland. They've all sort of. Yep. Fought each other recently. I Yeah, I, I'm also picking Alex Garcia. I Second think. round TKO for me. I'm going first round, I think. Garcia, you know, an explosive striker. I, just, I think Court McGee's on the way out. Yes, he is, yeah. Um, has he been active? Or no, is, not no? really. Um, Cause like, sort of he, every so often he shows up and I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, but I'm just looking at his record. He's fought... Fought twice last year, but it's nearly been a full twelve months again since since he's fought. I just think Garcia, oh, more active as you know his timing will be down. Both guys are well rounded. I just think Alex Garcia probably take it. Uh, I have him by KO in round one. I think Court McGee's time in the biggest organization on earth is probably probably coming to an end.
1: I uh, completely agree. Uh, we have uh, Jean Valente and Ed Herman. Uh, up next I actually joked ironically when we very first started this podcast back when we were the Lululemon MMA weigh-ins uh, and uh, I said that Gian has a collection of the most boring fights in the UFC uh, and because of that I've actually put it out there to the universe and to the MMA gods uh, that I would like to see a round one KO from Vellante um, so if you're playing along a topology that's what I've got Reality is I probably see a decision because that's what he does, but I'm, I'm I'm putting it out there. I want a round one KO.
0: Yeah, well, I'm going for Volante, and I'm going by decision because Jean Volante loves a split decision. He um, really does. But Ed Herman has been you know, losing pretty badly to guys at middleweight, and Jean Volante is a a fairly large light heavyweight. Yes, um, he's a big boy. You know, Derek Brunson sparked him out. Nikita Krylov, C.B. Dalloway has beat him recently. <sighs> Logic says that Volante should be able to finish, and probably early. But, I seem to think this every time is John Volante, and it just never happens. Because the guy throws nothing but a pawing jab, and a big right hand. And he becomes a bit predictable to read. Um, and unfortunately, it doesn't make his fights the most entertaining. But yeah, so I'm going Volante. By a decision, and I can't pick what form of decision, but bet your life it's probably a split.
1: Uh, more than likely gonna be. Um, the next fight up is Jonathan Martinez as uh, UFC debut, I believe. Uh, he has 9 1 0, and he's fighting Andre Sukumtath. Now, uh, the Asian sensation, as he is better known perhaps. <laughs> um, you might recognize that name uh, for those who don't. He last fought uh, Sean O'Malley in what was probably who arguably the worst fight IQ ever well yeah
0: Sean O'Malley's was like, it his foot yeah Tennis it was like a nerve in his foot or a tendon in his when, foot yeah I could barely stand on one leg but yet, uh Such a Such a path, path and yeah. insisted on was it I can't remember did he insist on taking him he down he did he insisted on taking him down well if he had, had just stayed in the feet and he could have just pieced cut, him up yeah exactly but uh,
1: I am going to go with Sukumtoth, uh because I like I like his experience level more. Uh, I also think that he should have learned some valuable lessons from that. It's actually a, a pretty important fight, I believe, for him. Uh, you know, to show the UFC that he is worth keeping around. Um, I have a prediction of Sukumtath by decision. I don't think that. I mean, he has he has finished. Uh, you know, quite quite a lot of his fights. I just don't see him doing it against someone whose defense is as good as Martinez is, um, and someone who's as rounded as uh, as Martinez. So, um, I, I'm going to go with Tath, but Martinez could well could well do it.
0: But I have yeah. Martinez by decision. I just think
1: hot prospect, <sighs> hot prospect,
0: youth coming in nine and one, great record. Uh, Tath has shown that his decision making mightn't be the greatest. Uh, but he's tough. He doesn't really get put away. Yeah. Um, you know, so that's why I've went with decision. I don't think Tath has ever been finished actually. Um. Yeah, I think Tath is a nice gauge for an incoming prospect to see just exactly where they're at. Yeah. Um, experienced enough to be a challenge. But you know he's not a he's not a can in any shape or form. But so I'm going for I think. Jonathan Martinez by decision. Fair
1: enough. Um, Misha Serkinov fights Patrick Cummins. It's a nice fight, ranking wise. Misha Serkinov ranked eleventh. Cummins ranked at fourteenth. Um, this is it, this was a really tough one to call. They're actually even statistically in, in everything from their their striking defense to um, their their takedown defense to their takedown accuracy to their records are they're they're all they're really well matched. Um, you know, big boys. Uh, wasn't that long ago that they were talking about Misha Serkinov as the next the next big deal. Um, he still could be, you know, like he, he still could could climb up a bit.
0: Um, I don't know. I think there was, I think Glover and Ostemir yeah. took a yeah. bit of his soul. He did not look uh, he looks a t dare I say it, a touch chinny. Obviously both those guys hit ridiculously hard. But I just think I've picked Cummins. Um Cummins Gets rocked. He gets yes. bloodied. Um But he's resilient though. But he is resilient, uh, and his wrestling is uh, powerful. Other than D C could be, you know, the best traditional wrestler, maybe. Yeah. At, at yeah. light heavyweight. He's definitely underrated with his wrestling. Mm. Um
1: his ability to control like I think he get he's another fighter that, you know, his fights either tend to be super dynamic and entertaining or a bit he, he can
0: get blown away by great strikers though. Um do I think Misha Serkonov is that guy? Uh no. no.
1: He's he's great. I actually picked
0: Serkonov in this by submission. Really? Yeah. I think I think Cummins is too good on the ground. I think his control's too good on the ground. I'd be very shocked and impressed if Serkinov could do that. I've picked C- Cummins by decision. I could see this being Bloody gritty war of attrition. Yeah, but Cummins using his wrestling, the you know steel rounds or control rounds when it matters. Uh, I just have a feeling that Circunov is going to take his
1: his head in a in a an errant takedown or he'll. You know, he won't he won't tuck it under the inside of his leg when he's
0: going for a single leg or you know, I just don't, just don't just I just something don't think Cummins makes those mistakes. I uh, think well Cummins Kryptonite. It's strikers. It's strikers. You could yeah, yeah, you could be right. DC, obviously, you know, the wrestling cancelled each other out. He got rid of him early. <clears throat> OSP, punches, Tejera and Little Nog. Punches. Punches. Can't really remember the Corey Anderson loss particularly. It was earlier this year. But well when he wins that he wins ugly. That is
1: true. That is very true. Um he do yeah, he does. Um I'm just trying to see actually what the pr- yeah, yeah. So I was just trying to look at the odds. Um the odds do slightly favour um Cummins in it. Um but
0: well, this is the thing. If if Serkinov is to, to go on and sort of fulfill a bit of potential, he'll have to get by people like Patrick Cummins. Oh, you, you if he loses this, then that is like... I think his hype's already dead, but...
1: It's dead completely at that point. Yeah. Um, the next fight is arguably one of the worst mismatches I've ever seen in this caliber of fight. You see mismatches in, in the UFC the old time, but it's normally what I call accidental mismatching. Yeah, it's nearly unfair that Michael Johnson has to fight the greatest of all time. I know, it's so unbelievably one-sided. Michael Johnson versus the true GOAT, our team Lobov, the Russian Hammer, with a stellar record of 14 wins, 14 losses, one uh, one draw and one no contest. Now, the issue I have with this, in picking this fight, isn't whether or not I think Michael Johnson will win. It's that Lobov is so... ridiculously tough that I could legitimately see him getting the absolute shot beat out of him for three rounds yeah. without getting finished. However... Michael Johnson hits... Boof, yeah, scary this, hard. this
0: is going to be one-sided AF. Yeah, I have picked... It's going to look embarrassing. I've picked Johnson by decision. Um, I could... I could see him finishing him with punches. Lubov gets dropped... But he is tough and he's gritty and he gets through it. Johnson is just ridiculously explosive. Um, like we said... Hits. He dropped Habib. He's the only person to do it. Did he drop him? Well, he stunned him. Stumbled him. He put Dustin Poirier out cold. Yeah. Well, um, he's chinny though. Or even still. Um, I just think, oof, uh, this, is a, this is a terrible, terrible matchup.
1: Michael Johnson quietly going about having some of the best boxing in the UFC pure boxing
0: well, I would say kickboxing I think working with Henry Hoofties really put it together I think he loses to he only loses to guys who can out-tough him so that I mean that could be the only way I can see Lubov doing it but I don't think when I say people who out-tough him I mean people like Gaethje who he just couldn't put away yeah um, and, and like Nate who's just you know took it, was in his face the whole time. And then he loses two uh, excellent grapplers, like Habib obviously, and uh, what do you call him? The Damage. What's the Damage's name? Uh, Darren Elkins. Darren Elkins, yeah. He loses to guys who will take him down. Artem Lubov isn't that man. No. Um, he shouldn't be anywhere near a co-main event of any card. Um, I just, <clears throat> I just don't know how you can make an argument for Lubov. I just don't see what he brings that he, that he i i I'm literally lost for it i i just don't know what lubov brings that can threaten Johnson other than a mad haymaker you know like literally close your eyes and wing it well first of all this <coughs> this is um this is a fight that that
1: shouldn't really have happened in that no it was supposed to be it was uh, supposed to be yeah Supposed to be um, Tugugov or however you pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, well, not only that, uh, our team Lubov, and this is a quote from Dana White our team Lubov will never fight in the UFC again. And that was obviously after the boss incident, right? Is this the UFC, basically? Is this him is saying this a punishment? Is it a punishment and saying, basically, unless you win, you're out? You know, because now they have, they can they can turn around to the and his team now and go, nope, he just got smoked. Sorry, he's fourteen and fifteen now. That's him past the five hundred record. Nope, is it their way of basically snookering our team out of the UFC?
0: I think they have to, to get rid of him after this, like unless he wins. <laughs> unless he wins, and I think this. Could, I don't know what the odds are, but it, uh, the odds are ten to three for Lubov or one to five for Johnson. Yeah, it's pretty large. Um,
1: pretty large, that's one of the biggest disparities yeah. I've ever seen. Now, what I would say is,
0: bet the house on Johnson. Not at those odds. Why? Still almost a cert. I just don't know, I don't think there's anything MMA's a funny old game. I think with those odds you're silly to bet on anybody, because anybody I would say, I would I would do the opposite. I'd say, put a small amount on RTM because his odds are ridiculous. And there's always the chance that somebody could do something ridiculous. Johnson could get injured. He could walk out and check a kick or twist his knee. And before you know it, Artem Lubov is back in the winner's column. It's probably... Lubov, if Lubov does this, if Lubov manages to win... It's going to be one of the biggest upsets.
1: Oh yeah, but ever. it also cements him as the GOAT. He's already the GOAT. Well, yeah, this is true. With his tiny little t- T-Rex arms. um, I picked Johnson by second round TKO. I think he does get the job done. Um, I think that he will just overwhelm our team and I think that at 45 he has a speed that's just different yeah Um, uh, it's just different uh, I think that our team doesn't have the slightest idea what he's in for and with a 65 inch reach against Johnson's 73 inch you
0: know that's that's 8 Johnson inches. could put Johnson could put him away early the only reason I picked decision is that because yeah, our team's tough he is tough yeah yeah, no, I agree. Um, the main event
1: uh, is Volkan, New Time, against the 10th ranked Anthony Smith, Lionheart Smith. Uh, you know, Anthony Smith, another, another guy, I mean, this is again coming full circle. Another guy we talked earlier on about, you know, weight cuts. A uh, guy that's come up from middleweight, um, had an average run at middleweight, but, you know, at the moment on a decent run at, at light heavyweight. I personally think that run comes to an end this weekend. I think that Ozdemir finishes him
0: early. I think Oestemir puts him away in the first. I have gone the exact same way. Uh, I think both of these guys are hugely overrated. Yes. Um, and I think Oestemir being the number one or number two, depending on who you ask, ranked light heavyweight, says more about the division than it says about him Um Smith, since he's come up, has beat two pensioners, and it pains me to say that, as one of them is one of my favourite fighters of all time, Shogun Hua. Can't take those away, though. He did look fantastic. Um, this is... is a different level, just from a youth and physicality standpoint. He's a big guy, he's fought at heavyweight, obviously hits super hard. Oostomir, um, due to just a lack of competition, and... This, that, and the other was thrown to DC, in my opinion, far too early in his career. Um, got absolutely battered by Cormier. There's a yep. huge difference in ability. Um I, like, I just think Ostermere probably has too much. Smith's a guy who's been finished by strikes by smaller, less powerful men at light heavy or sorry, at middleweight. Ostomir's a big light heavyweight who hits hard, so that's literally my my gut going that way, but I don't know, I I mean both these guys are are big strong dudes who like to swing, so it could go either way, I just have to go with the guy who's more established at the, the heavier weight class.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. I mean that that's that's kind of what my read on it too. Um, you know, Anthony Smith, a really experienced fighter. Um, you know, he's had forty three fights or something like that. But you know, uh, Mayor just he boops and he boops hard. Um,
0: and he boops. You know, I just think the guys like, the guys he's beat as well. I, I've gone like I think OSP is a good fighter. I don't think he's a great fighter. Yeah, I think Serkinov. That was when. You know, we, everyone, we we're literally just speaking about it. When he was rated as the next big thing, that was like, an, you know, the battle yep. of the two next big things, and uh, Ostermere put him away. Yep. Jimmy Manoa, who big fan of Jimmy Manoa, has, has had some great fights. I just think is also at the tail end of his career, and it's you know another guy whose chin mightn't quite, quite be there. But they're just you can't hold it against him because there isn't the level of competition at light heavyweight that there used to be. You know, he can only beat who's in front of him. Unfortunately, I think, like I've said many, many times, DC, Jones, Gustafson, the top three, stand miles apart from the rest of them. Um, could Oostomir be the best of the rest? I think this fight is essentially for that title.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Um, it pretty much is. I I agree. Uh, I think that Anthony Smith and Oostomir, this is the kind of fights that I would have expected for Oostomir. You know, he kind of has had a run that, as you say, it elevated him past
0: where I think he, he even thought he would be. Um, well, he got there, too. you know, essentially too quickly. He did quickly. get there too quickly. And, and He's currently ranked above Gustafsson. Which is ridiculous. Well, that fight was was booked to happen, which ultimately didn't happen. Um, I think Gustafsson <laughs> would, would have tore him apart. Look, here's the thing. Ouzdemir still got time. Ouzdemir could
1: theoretically...
0: If he, you know, he's only 29, you
1: know. Like oh yeah, yeah. He,
0: he has definitely got time to develop. I just think in general, light heavyweight is just, a, it's just, it could be in its weakest ever position. Like I love Jan Blachowicz, great fighter, gritty, tough, but is he really the third best light heavyweight in the world? No, he's absolutely not. Jill well, tra- Sonnen is the first best. <laughs> <laughs> well, tragically at the minute, Jan Blachowicz probably is the third best heavyweight, light heavyweight yeah. in the world. Yeah. You know. Latifi's a great fighter But you know Is he 5th or 6th Or whatever Days gone yeah. by so few of those few of the uh, few of the Bellator guys If you could bring back across Would definitely make it interesting oh, Well I mean Ryan Bader Ryan Bader would obviously right, Be right up there um, Phil Davis is another man Yep um, You know well, a big, a big one actually. Speaking of light heavyweight, is uh, from we saw him fight at the last card was Dominic Reyes. Who yes, beat the OSP. yes. He has come out and said that he wants to be an alternative to the Jones Gustafson fight. So if someone drops out of that, I appreciate the balls, up, the balls, but that is just way too soon. It is too soon. I think that
1: either of those guys outclass him in every aspect of the sport currently. Although he is probably the best prospect that we have at light heavyweight yes I would yeah
0: I'd 100% agree with that He's what different. I wouldn't mind is him fighting whoever wins this even then I think it's too soon I think if you, you really if, yeah, if you really want to bring well I don't know he just beat OSP I suppose That's the, the, the my, that my, that my point. the division's that thin I think we'll probably be looking at the Manoa Santos winner maybe Reyes or that would be Corey one. Anderson Latifi still hasn't or has he been booked
1: Yes, let, if he was fighting...
0: Actually, wait.
1: I can't even remember.
0: Was it? Was he? I don't know. The Light Heavyweight division is another one which is just constantly... People just seem to be dropping out of fights all over the place, more than any other division. Um, so I don't know, but... There's just not a lot... Not a lot to be super positive about at Light Heavyweight at the minute, but... Um, Like I said, going with Ostermere, strictly off, I think he's more established at light heavyweight. I think he's the younger, more explosive fighter. I think Anthony Anthony Smith's power may have been overestimated because of his previous two opponents. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's fair. Um, I think that you're probably right. Yeah. No, you are. You're right. Um... That's my predictions for this card anyway. Do you have anything else to add about this
0: card? No, I don't think so. It's not let's be honest. It's not the best card ever, but it'll be all all wrongs will be put right when UFC two thirty happens Saturday next week. Yeah,
1: you're you're right. And uh, that is the that is one of the big the big ones. So, uh, in the meantime, you can of course subscribe to us on iTunes uh, or any of your other apps—your podcast addicts, your Podbeans, your whatever app it is that you're you're down to do. Um, we we talked about it briefly when we opened, but um, again, the best way to support us, other than just writing us a blank check and telling us to do whatever we want with it. That um, would be nice too. That would be that would be excellent. That's the ideal, but we don't always get that. So we'll settle <laughs> for a five-star review on some kind words. Or if you think we're shit, just tell us that too. That's cool as well. Um, and we'll fight you. <laughs> yeah, or we'll fight you. Actually, speaking of which... Um. Well, yeah. We, we there was someone we were gonna. Well, you say we. I was gonna call out. Uh. Apparently, uh. Louis J. or Louis J. Gomez, uh, who is Michael Bestping's podcast partner. Uh. He's had a fight. If he wants to fight at 205, five, I'm down to have my MMA debut against him. Like I'm absolutely <laughs> down for it. So podcast feed podcast. So believe you me. See what I did there? I did. I'm down for it. Uh, well, I'm going to have to send this to them. I'll have to tweet it to them and yeah, tell them. But, uh, I
0: support this decision. On some level. On some level, <laughs> On some yeah.
1: level. Um, but yes, absolutely. Come and join in the fun. Uh, you can follow us at Jack and Mel Super Rad MMA Show. Uh, you can find us on the YouTubes by searching for our production company. And thanks and all holla to the Palooka Media for making this happen. Uh, until next week, I have been Jack. You have been Mr. Mel Brown. Or should I say, big man? (laughs) Whatever.
0: (laughs) Peace. (laughs)